You're listening to Overcome the Overwhelm for Special Needs Moms with Lauren Lowry. Well, hello, friends. How are you guys doing today? I hope everyone survived Thanksgiving and is kind of getting back into the groove of things. <laughs> Look, the time between Thanksgiving and really, I guess, whenever like the kids are, you know, still in school. Maybe this is coming from whenever I was in school. It's kind of that weird time between Thanksgiving and Christmas, break at least, where everything just feels just meh. Like, you can't really, like, you don't want to do anything, right? You're like, I'm in holiday mode. I just want to, like, sit back and drink hot chocolate and be festive and go look at some Christmas lights. I don't, I don't want to work. I definitely did that like back in college. I really struggled because that's always when finals were. I was like, I don't want to study. I want to go, you know, walk around and Christmas shop. (laughs) So don't really get that luxury, I guess, as an adult because you kind of go to work right up to Christmas, right? (laughs) So anyways, I hope you guys are not feeling the holiday blues too bad. I know that this time of year, of course, is really, really hard for so many people, uh, special needs moms or not, um, parents or not, honestly. It's just, it brings up a lot of different things, right? It can be very triggering. So if you are feeling less than great, if you are feeling sad, if you're feeling blue, if you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling any sort of way like that, just know that you're not alone. I'm here for you. I may just be a voice coming through the speakers of your car or through your phone or your headphones, but you have someone out there who does care about you. It's me. Okay. I care about you. I, even if I've never met you, I do care. And I mean that genuinely, I just want you to know, I think you would be shocked at how many people really do care about you. Okay. I just want to throw that out there that you are loved and you're amazing. And it's just four weeks. If it's something that's really, really hard for you, maybe you went through a loss this year and this is your first Christmas without somebody, then just we we can get through it, right? It's only four weeks and then it'll be January and things kind of feel new and fresh in January, thankfully, right? So today though, I want to talk to you guys about something that I just don't know if people get it. (laughs) And that is that our thoughts are not fact, right? But more specifically, that our feelings, like if if you're feeling like you are a bad mom, it does not mean that you are a bad mom. (laughs) So what I mean by this is like, I think something happens. Like we do something, we have a thought that we judge ourselves for, or we have an action that we judge ourselves for. Maybe... It involves extra screen time, like eight hours worth of screen time. Maybe it involves feeding your child chicken nuggets eight days in a row. Uh, Maybe it's something even more like less, you know, concrete than that. But maybe it's something like you miss your pre-mom life and that you're kind of judging yourself for that. Like you shouldn't feel that way. Like, oh, I should be loving this. I always wanted to be a mom. How dare I wish for that previous life where I wasn't a mom? How dare I not want what I always wanted and not love every moment of this? (laughs) Or maybe you 
just finally snapped. You lost your, lost your shit and you yelled at your kids. Maybe you forgot your child's feeding tube and you sent them, you know, to school or therapy or whatever without any way of being fed. Maybe you're like me and you sent your child to school without shoes. I did that. I did that last year with Leo, um, which is funny because he doesn't walk. <laughs> it still makes me giggle because I'm like, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> it wasn't cold or anything. <laughs> but right, like we make mistakes as moms. And I think that those mistakes, a lot of times, the pain that comes from it, that feeling like, oh my gosh, I really, that was a big mom fail. The pain that comes with that is that fear of the judgment of other people, how other people will think of us, what they will think of us. Because a good mom doesn't forget their child's shoes. I'll pick on myself on this one. A good mom doesn't yell at their kids. A good mom doesn't wish for their pre-mom life. No, that's, that's not a good mom. When in reality, none of that means anything. None of that has anything to do with your ability as a mom. But I bet you would be shocked if you were able to just know everyone else's mom fails. Like, just pretend we all, all of a sudden, dropped the judgment and we openly shared our most dirty, nitty-gritty secret mom fails that we have. Dropping your baby kind of stuff, you know, on their head, like, that stuff. If everyone just dropped that fear of judgment and just shared with the world... Because that's what keeps us from sharing them, right? Fear of that judgment. They would just drop that and they were to share them with the world. I think you'd be shocked to know how many people have, you know, done the exact same thing that you just did. That you were so concerned about and you were so like, oh my gosh, I'm an awful mom. If you're like, well, every mom does that. Like every single mom out here has done that. What the heck? Does that mean we're all bad moms? No. Absolutely not. It does not mean that because we can't not all be bad moms. It's just statistically speaking, isn't possible. (laughs) But I think that whenever we just take that weight off of it, that meaning that we give the mom fails, because it really is about what we are making them mean. We are making that action that we did, that mistake, that whatever you want to call it, fail, whatever. We are making that mean something about us as a person. And whenever we do that, we completely take away our power. Like we just have no control over it, right? Because we all know it logically that everybody makes mistakes. But whenever we say, oh, that means I'm just, God, I'm such a bad mom. Like, why can I not get my act together? Blah, blah, blah. Going down that whole spiel. We are just saying like, I'm just a victim to this. I'm just a victim to being a bad mom. It's just part of who I am. It's part of my identity. But it's not. (laughs) But what ends up happening when we go down that whole spiel and tell ourselves all of these things, we take away that power, is that we are adding additional stress to ourselves. And, you know, if you guys have been listening to the podcast for, you know, for a while, then you've heard me talk about stress and what that does to us and how if we just let it build up inside us, that is how you end up in the stage of burnout is because of like unprocessed stress, right? So whenever we have this mom guilt and we're like beating ourselves up, that is a form of stress that it puts on us because we're not letting that out. We're keeping it all bottled up inside of us, right? And whenever we do that, 
and we end up sliding into that burnout phase, right? Do you know one of the symptoms of that? Do you know what the symptoms of that are? Because it's funny because they are really common in those mom fails. It's a lot of, you know, memory loss. It's a lot of, you know, not being able to problem solve as easily. It's a lot of exhaustion. I mean, are you able to think clearly whenever you are exhausted? Are you able to provide a, you know, whole nutritious meal and entertain your child like you would, you know, and not use screen time and chicken nuggets if you were not exhausted? I mean, you'd be more likely to, right? I'm not saying anything wrong with chicken nuggets or scream time. Not what I'm saying. <laughs> but you know, a lot of people have that, that thought that that's bad. But you know, it's, you probably had the mom fail. This is kind of my whole point is you possibly may have had the mom fail because of, it, because of the symptoms of the stress. It's like a cycle. It's a vicious cycle. The more that you feel bad about yourself, the more that you beat yourself up, the more stress you will feel and the more reasons you will give yourself to beat yourself up. Oh gosh, it's an awful cycle. So here's what I, I'm just going like, to cut to the chase here tonight, guys. Here's what I think I would just so wish you would do instead. And this is something that I started doing years ago. This has probably been like one of my biggest things. And I, I know I've talked about it on here, but I will talk about it till I'm blue in the face. And maybe I'll word it a little bit different this time. I kind of have like a guiding statement, right? It's like your guiding statement of what makes someone a good mom. Like if you had to sum that up in just one sentence, what makes someone a good mom? And I mean like very umbrella, able to cover everything. Because you can't be like, oh, a good mom, you know, make sure her child has X amount of calories every single day. And a good mom, make sure that they do this and this and this with their child every day. And they play with their child for three hours a day. And you know, all those things. No. This is not an itemized list of what makes a good mom. Those are some things that some good moms do. But those are also things that some good moms don't do. So my personal one is just a good mom loves her children unconditionally. Yeah. That, that means I can still feed them chicken nuggets and I'm still a good mom. A lot of things can fall under that and I'm still a good mom. Now, if I was to, you know, intentionally harm my child, that would not be me loving my child unconditionally. I would not do that. That is not what I'm saying. <laughs> but that is, you know, that's kind of like that proof there that like, I think that the only way someone can be a quote unquote bad mom is if they hurt their child intentionally, or they just very knowingly are hurting their child in a very physical, traumatic way. So, you know, I think that <laughs> the fact that I've heard this a lot, that if you're worried about being a good mom, it probably means you are a good mom. So think about that. What is your, like, I'm a good mom statement? Like, what makes, what is your guiding statement? It's different for everybody. You're more than welcome to steal mine. Absolutely. Steal it, borrow it, whatever you want to call it. It can be yours too. Because whenever you live by that, and you start feeling that those ways, and that, you know, the spiel goes in your head, and oh my gosh, why do I not have my stuff together? Why am I not like all the other moms? How are they doing all this? Why do they make sure they bring their child's shoes to school? <laughs> Probably because our kids walk. <laughs> Sorry, dark humor. It could go a lot darker, but we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> but really, though, we don't have to buy very many shoes for Leo. He doesn't, you know, go through them very quickly. It's kind of nice. So he gets the nice ones. <laughs> I digress. I digress. Go back. Back on topic. (laughs) 
But whenever you're going down that rabbit hole of why I'm a good mom, because our brains love evidence, your brain is going to, whenever it starts pointing things out, it's going to find more and more evidence to support its belief that you're a good, that you're a bad mom. It's going to find all the evidence of why you should believe that because it wants to be right. When you start going that, down that rabbit hole, you stop yourself and say, ah, wait a minute. A good mom is a good mom because, whatever your statement is, because she loves her children unconditionally. Was this me not loving my children unconditionally because I forgot my child's shoes? No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Is this me? Do I not unconditionally love my child if I miss the freedom I had pre-kids? No. It means nothing. It has nothing to do with the love I feel for my child. I, that's just like an example. You're using all of these. All of them. So, you're more than welcome to steal mine, like I said. Think of your own. But, but use it. Use it as a way to put an end to that like shame spiral that you go down. Because whenever you start putting an end to that, that is just one aspect of your life, one area of your life that you can have less stress coming in from. And it really is amazing how much better you'll feel. And whenever you feel better, you're able to show up for your kids better and quote unquote, God, I don't even know how nicer way to say this. You can kind of be a better mom. Not a better mom because you're already a good mom, but you're just leveling up your game, right, as a mom because you have more energy whenever you have less stress or whenever you are processing your stress in a healthy way. You have more energy. You are able to think clearer. You don't have memory issues like you did. You know, you're able to be more present, be more alert with your kids, right? So, okay, guys. I hope that you can come up with your own statement and I hope this will help you feel less of that mom guilt in your life because those mom fails mean nothing. They only mean what we decide they mean, okay? All right, guys, I hope you have a wonderful day and I will talk to you next week. Thanks for joining me on today's episode of Overcome the Overwhelm. If you have questions or would like more information, head on over to LowryLifeCoaching.com and I'll see you next week.